Thank you, Gina. It's an honour to be here to bring God's word this morning. Well, uh, my name's Dean, David O'Keefe, that's what my parents called me. Uh, my sister called me Buffhead at times. <laughs> my kids call me Dad. Uh, while I was a school teacher, my students called me Mr. O'Keefe. My wife calls me a variety of things, but mostly Dean. And she is also a close friend, I'd say. My close friends call me Dino for short. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah, Dino for short. Dean O'Keefe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, part of my journey is I, uh, I started uh, my life in Queensland, uh, born to uh, a pastor. Uh, so I grew up in the, uh, the church knowing no other life. And uh, sometimes when I've had the chance to tell my testimony, I say things such as, uh, I'd like to say how God saved me from sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And I begin to tell my story, and then I get to the time when I was around 20 or so years old, and uh, I continue to tell how I was living in the church, and God saved me from sex, drugs, and rock and roll, because when I was 20, uh, it was a time of the Toronto blessing, and God just touched me immensely. And I'm down on the ground, and I realize at that time that from my birth, God saved me from sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Uh, while I grew up and saw friends and others around me, you know, growing up in broken homes, I was in a home that I was loved. I was in a home where I knew I was secure. Uh, and, and God saved me that whole time. And, and, and the great thing is he can save all people. But he'd saved me from, from birth. Uh, from that, uh, we spent a few years in Melbourne. Uh, so I did my high school years in Melbourne, came to appreciate the, uh, the AFL football. Uh, and in my move here, I've become an Adelaide Crows supporter. Yeah. I know I've got half of you on board, the other half, I believe, <laughs> I've just lost you. Uh, moved back to Brisbane where I became a school teacher, so I taught for a couple of years uh, in Queensland uh, before going off to study Bible college. Uh, went off to Bible college. In fact, actually, just the year went before I went to Bible college, uh, Went down to visit a friend of mine, and I went down to visit for the, for the day. We just drove down from Brisbane to Sydney, went to Southern Cross back then, just to check it out, because we're going, we just want to see this place before we go. So we drove down. We made a bit of a surf trip as well, so we had a couple of surfs on the way, so that was good. And um, we got down there, and they're showing us around, and as we're walking around, um, the, the, the uh, student dean or whatever at the time uh, took us into the cafeteria, and uh, yeah, you know the cafeteria space. We walked in there, and there was this young, young girl there. Uh, helping it, and we walked up to, and the lady then goes, oh, "Hey guys, this is lovely Lisa." And my first words to this uh, lady was, "Hello, lovely Lisa." Two years later, we were married. So uh, Bible college wasn't just Bible college; it was bridal college for me. So I'm indebted, hence the fact that now I'm still working for uh, now Alpha Crucis College, Southern Cross, changes name to Alpha Crucis. So I've been at Alpha Cruces now for 15 or so years, uh, based in uh, Sydney, Parramatta. And uh, last year, there was news of uh, opening up a camp in Adelaide. Uh, being a Queenslander by birth, I was uh, quite open to the idea of leaving Sydney. Um, I'd been there long enough as a missionary, so it was time to, to move on. And uh, I put my hand up and say, you know what, I'd love to go to Adelaide. And my wife, who was a country girl... Uh, she goes, you know what, I'd love to do that. And particularly when she looked at the map, she says, we're going to live not in the city, but in the country. And so we ended up buying up here and found this great church where we're now part of this new family. 
So it's uh, great to be here. Uh, and during that uh, journey, I've done further study. I did my bachelor, master's, and then just this year completed my doctorate, which is uh, pretty exciting to get that all done. So, you know, I spent over eight years or so studying, so you'll need to address me as doctor. Sorry, sorry, I couldn't resist. Those of you who saw the news and social media, no, please, please call me uh, Dean. Those who didn't see it, there was an issue in the news of a tweet young girl made. She got onto a Qantas plane, or was it Qantas? Or, yeah, and, and didn't get addressed by her title, doctor. So she made a, had a little bit of a rant. And so, yes, so I was just playing on that. So please, yes, it's not, not, not about uh, my title. It's about being friends, Dean, and my kids call me dad. We're going to turn to our scripture in uh, Exodus, Exodus chapter 3. The theme is uh, names of God. And uh, we're going to be looking at this morning, I am Yahweh. So Father, as we uh, come around your word, I pray that by your spirit, that you would speak to us this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Moses chapter, uh, sorry, Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to a far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of Yahweh, the Lord, appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw, though, that the bush was on fire. It did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When Yahweh, the Lord, saw that he uh, had gone over uh, to look, God called to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Yahweh, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians and bring them out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Prairites, Hivites, Jebusites, and all the otherites that are there. Um, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign that is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Go to the Israelites Say to the Israelites, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. 
We're familiar with who Moses is in his uh, story. And here he is in this moment. He meets God. And God reveals himself as the God of his father. The God of Israel's father. I'm the God of your father, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, God, Elohim, was uh, the name for it, the strong one, and was used by all the different religions, countries, to describe or to identify their God. And so this was not a, specifically na- a specific name for our God Most High. It was just a reference to this is the God of your father. God reveals his purpose to Moses. I'm going to send you back to Egypt to Pharaoh to lead my people out. I've heard their cry. I've heard their situation. I've seen them. I'm now going to use you to deliver my people. Moses' first response was, Who am I? Who am I? Moses was questioning his own identity and reputation. See, Moses had already lived there. He'd grown up. You know the story. He was put in a little basket, uh, adopted by Pharaoh's daughter on on the Nile, and then grew up in the household of the Pharaoh. He was an Israelite, but he grew up as a son of Pharaoh. And during his uh, adulthood, he'd heard of the stories. He knew of the situation. He saw what was going on. He felt in the name of Moses, he might deliver his people. And he struck down an Egyptian, then tried to bring some peace to his, uh, his, his brothers. And in that moment, he realized his name had now become an outcast. And he fled from Egypt to Midian. He was no longer a son of Pharaoh who was an enemy. And off he went. Who am I? Who am I? Look what I've done. I couldn't do it. I've mucked up. I couldn't do these things. And now you want to send me back? I'm not qualified. But God replies, not about his qualifications, not about what he has done, but God says back to Moses, I will be with you. Or more correctly, I am with you. We need to remember that statement there. I will be with you, as most translations state it. This was going to be the sign for Moses that God was with him. And through the powerful deeds that Moses was able to do, he did it because God was with him. I am with him. Moses lost that argument. God answered him and said, I'll be with you. You're going back. So he changed attack. Okay, well, if you send me back, they're going to ask me, who is this God? What's his name? Huh? Answer that one. You know, our reputation, our ability is connected to our name. You know, we, we, we kind of associate that even today. When, when someone mentions someone's name, we kind of go, oh, yeah, they're a good person because I, I know their family. You know, as I mentioned a bit of my testimony growing up in, in my household, when I mentioned to certain circles of who I am, 
Dean O'Keefe, who have those of who have heard of my father, David O'Keefe, kind of go, oh, well, you must be an all right guy because your dad's a good man. There's a reputation associated to the name. I bear my father's name. And so with that, as long as I do what is good, along with the character of my father's name, I can stay in line and in that path of the character and reputation of that name. So names mean something. So Moses was asking, well, well, what's your name? What's your reputation? You've told me to do this. Are you able to do it? God replies by saying, I am. I am who I am. You know, when Moses was looking for a name, he was looking for something to go, well, what can I throw at them? What can I say this name is? He was looking for something with reputation, something with, with power. See, again, he grew up in this Egyptian world where, where they had plenty of gods. And these gods all had names, and these names were associated with different characteristics and different privileges and powers. Moses knew that. He understood that. Uh, a name revealed part of the, the essential nature of the God. Names were often associated with particular actions, characteristics. And there was sometimes wordplay with the names and the action of the name that it represented. Some, even for example, had secret names. If you knew how to pronounce the name, if you knew the name, that granted you special power. So Moses could have been thinking all these types of things because he knew that was his worldview. That's what he understood growing up in this Egyptian worldview. There was a God for the sky, God for the sun, God for the Nile and others. There was a Hapi associated with the God of the Nile or God of the floods. Could have been looking for a, a name such as uh, Hikat. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correct because I'm not Egyptian. But the God of fertility, which had a, a frog-shaped appearance. Those of you who start to recognize some of the plagues here will see some of the connections. Nile, frog, Hathor, another god of fertility, god of dance and worship, was also represented by the shape of a cow. Then Ra, the sun god, one of the most powerful Egyptian gods. While I can't, and I'm not sure research actually affirms this as well, that you can't associate every plague with a specific god of Egypt, there is no doubt that when Moses went in and through the power of gods let those plagues go forth in Egypt, it was attack on the supernatural spiritual world of Egypt. It was attack on the gods of Egypt. He may have been looking for something like that. Some kind of name. See, names are that important that when uh, Genesis was written in the first chapter, they write this in our uh, first chapter 14. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day and the night. And as we go on to verse 16, God made two great lights. The greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He, he, here's the great thing about what this author is doing. He's going, listen, I'm even going to name the sun and the moon. 
Because by naming sun and the moon, I'm, I'm naming the gods which you guys have represented by those names. So they're not gods. They're just a bigger and lesser light that our God made. That's, that's the, the great creativity, the, the power of what the author is saying here. Names were conceived to be important. So Moses was playing the name game. What's your name? But along that was reputation. Will you say you're going to do this? Are you powerful enough? Are you able to deliver Egypt? Sorry, Israel? Are you able to give us hope? See, Moses was looking for hope. For 430 years, Israel had been in Egypt. And now they were slaves in this foreign land. If this God was powerful enough, was he able to do what he's about to say? Because for the last 400 or so years, the evidence would suggest otherwise. What's your name? Perhaps Moses was expecting something powerful like Mufasa. Those who've seen The Lion King would appreciate that. Mufasa. I just tremble at the name. It's a Lion King joke. Yeah, listen. Yeah, I've got kids. Oh, it's a good movie too. It's a good movie too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Big deep voice. God replies, I am who I am. While most translations will uh, use the translation, the, the wording I am who I am, it could be translated as I will be who I will be. I create what I create. I am being that I am being. Or as one person, uh, commentator, uh, expands it, I am the ising one. I exist. The self-existent one. I am always is. At first hearing this, we, we, we kind of may think, well, is God actually answering Moses' question? You know, I am who I am. Well, okay, well, who are you? And perhaps God is doing that. In fact, one commentator says that, but perhaps a better translation is, what does it matter who I am? I am with you. What does it matter? I'm not interested in playing the name game. It's not about the name game. I am that I am. I am who I am. I create what I create. I am being that I am being. God does continue as he talks to Moses. And he goes on to say, you are to tell them, I am sent you. There he uses that word I am in the noun as a name. And that becomes his, his name, I am. I am has sent you. I can tell you before he, he man, there was I am. He was the true master of the universe. In God declaring, I am, he's answering Moses' question. What's your name? I am. Are you powerful? I am. Are you able to deliver Israel? I am. Are you our hope? I am. You know, just Kate mentioned this morning, Kate, I just want to encourage you too. You, You led us into the Holy Holies this morning. 
just let us into God's uh, throne room. Just uh, great. I want to encourage you just to keep, keep strong in that, keep, keep your heart right in that. But uh, just as you shared this morning, as you heard from God, you know, some of you might be in a similar situation to Moses. You might feel trapped. You might go, Where, where's the evidence? Where's the things going on around my life? I can't see it. It's been 430 years and nothing's... Well, not quite for you, but you know, that's Israel's story. Nothing's showing. Nothing can be seen. I can't see. Perhaps you're like Moses saying, what's your name, God? Are you powerful? Can you get me out of this situation? Are you my hope? His response is, I am. I am. I am who I am. The word I am is often related to the word Yahweh. Now, while we say Yahweh, it's, it's actually probably not the way it was said in the original text. Uh, we're not sure how it was said. It was said with all consonants, had no vowels. The vowels were added later. Uh, so it's quite complicated in understanding what the word actually means. But the general understanding of these words I am and Yahweh exist in the general definition of to be, to exist, I am, that concept of what these words are connected to. So Yahweh is to exist, an active being or presence. There's also a sense of our causation to bring into effect, to make happen. He causes to become. He is the creator. You exist because God caused you to exist. God says, I will cause you and Israel to leave Egypt. Then if we get into the last uh, bit of the, uh, the, uh, the section we read this morning, verse 15 of chapter 3, God says, this is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. And this is God's name forever. Yahweh. He exists. He is. I am. And from that day until tomorrow, forever, we will know him as Yahweh. In chapter 6, it tells us in verse 2, God also said to Moses as he was in in, uh, Egypt, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the God Almighty, but... By my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. You know, just in this little conversation that's going on, it appears that while God revealed himself to to, uh, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, he didn't fully reveal himself until this moment with Moses, where he declared his name, I am, Yahweh. And that's what we shall know him as. As mentioned, the uh, word Yahweh was uh, often spelt as Y-H-W-H, no vowels. Uh, And so we're not even sure exactly how it was pronounced. And in uh, most of our Bibles, you'll see it translated as the Lord. Now, while theologically, that's absolutely correct. Textually, it's incorrect. Because Yahweh, as I just mentioned to you, does not mean Lord. It means he exists. He is. I am. So hear what I said here. Theologically, he is our Lord. Yes, 
So it's, there's no issue in saying, let's put Lord in there. Um, if you want to get a little bit more technical in the Greek, they did use the word Lord. But in the Hebrew, it was not the word for Lord. Uh, that was a different word, uh, Adonai, which you've probably heard of. But as I said, theologically, absolutely correct. He is our Lord. But textually, we're actually missing a bit of what's going on here in regards to his name is not Lord. His name is I am. He is the self-existent one. That's his name. The Lord is just a title. In fact, uh, the other day I messaged a friend of mine uh, living over in England. And uh, it was his birthday. I said, happy birthday. Then he sent me this picture of certificate. And uh, apparently he's been uh, now designated or given the title as Lord. He's a Lord in England uh, of some, I don't know what, what the wording was. It was kind of weird that, that I hadn't heard of the name and the, the suburb or town he's connected to. So, so Lord is just a reference to our master, you know, our, our leader, master. And we, we talk about our Lord Mayor. So Lord is not his name. Now, theologically, absolutely correct. God Yahweh is Lord. But in the text, we just need to kind of get into the text. You'll see footnotes in your Bible. Hopefully, some of your Bibles got the footnotes. Now, while in your scriptures, if you do look at it, you'll see it. It is written in all capitals. You'll see Lord written in all capitals. When it's written in all capitals, it's actually referring to Yahweh. We actually lose some of this uh, connection here by translating as Lord when we think of the passage Jesus quoted in Psalm 110. The Lord said to my Lord. In the Hebrew, it should be read like this. And Yahweh said to my Lord, Adonai. I am he who is said to my Lord, my master. We just lose some of the, the, the context of what's going on when we read it in our English and don't you know, capture what that word may have originally been connected to. I mean, calling God Lord is, is like my kids calling me Dad. While Dad is not my name, for all in purposes, to them, it is my name. Except when Lisa calls me for dinner. You know, Dean, dinner's ready. Then my youngest son goes, Dean, dinner's ready. The others laugh, go, no, it's Daddy. <laughs> While my name is Dean, my kids call me Dad because that's what I am. For them, that's my name. God is Lord. That's his name. That's who he is. We call him Lord. But his name is Yahweh. I am the self-existence one. He is and always will be. There's no formula to know his name. God's not interested in the name game that Moses was on about. You just need to know that he is. He is. He is the one that is here, one that is with you. The self-existent one. Whatever your situation might be right now, I want to tell you, God is he is the i am he is the i am in your situation he is able to do what you can't you know among the names 
name of God is fundamental than many of the names we use today for God. Jehovah. If you got that sheet that was given out last week, while uh, Jehovah is uh, not a great combination, it actually is a combination of Yahweh and Adonai. So it's Yahweh connected with my Lord. So it's kind of like, you know, he is my Lord brought together to create this new word, Jehovah. Part of, it too, part of this whole idea of why we've got these different names is the Jews didn't like pronouncing God's name. And there's some today who, even Orthodox, will not even speak the name. So we, we say Yahweh, some will mention Yahweh, but even Yahweh is not the correct way to pronounce it. So Yahweh is acceptable, but some won't even say that. They'll kind of just do a hand action, you know, when you know, they, they won't verbalize it. It was so sacred that you couldn't even say it. And so these names were, were made up. So that's why Lord, theologically correct, we can call him our Lord God. Our Saviour, Lord. We can say that, but just in the text, realize there's more to that name than what the Lord represents. But Jehovah is a mix of uh, Yahweh and Adonai. Joseph. Joseph means Yahweh has added. Joshua. Yahweh is salvation. Isaiah is, is similar to Joshua. Yahweh is salvation. Yahweh saves. I am. He is salvation, is what the name Isaiah means. And the same is Jesus, deriving from the word Joshua. Jesus means the Lord saves. That's what we talk about. But remember, I've just already mentioned that that's not what Yahweh means. It doesn't mean the Lord. So really, Jesus means he is saves. He is saviour. Or perhaps he was saying in the name there, I am Saviour. Yahweh saves. You know, Jesus points to Yahweh, the God, I am, just in his name. But he also makes a clear reference in John chapter 8. John chapter 8 verse 58 He's talking to some Jews here and he says, Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, Before Abraham was born, I am. Now, Jesus at that moment was declaring himself to be God. I am. And so for the Jews at that time, it says there, they actually wanted to try and stone him. But he had to move on hide himself and escape because they realized what Jesus had just done. He had just declared himself as one and equal with I am. We know. We know this is who Jesus is. Jesus is God. He is the I am. He is the master of the universe, the Lord of all. He is the one who was before John chapter 1, right at the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him, causation, making things happen. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made, but uh, that has been made. In Him was life, and that life is the light of all mankind. Just as Yahweh told Moses, I am with you, Jesus in the person is, I am with you. Emmanuel, God with us. 
He came to be physically with his people. He lived amongst us, walked, talked, taught. Just as we shared around communion, he gave his life for us so that we could be reconnected with the Father. He is God. Who exists as one with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. They exist together, one and the same. Father, Son and Spirit. The self-existing one. But just as Jesus left, he commissioned his disciples. He spoke to them in Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. I am with you. Echoing the words of Moses from the beginning of the passage that we read this morning. Jesus is here. He is active amongst us. He is Yahweh's Savior. He has all the power and authority. He is able to cause things and make things happen. Not only did he promise to be with us, He told us to send his spirit. And his spirit would be with us forever. Just as God said, I'll be with you. Musicians, you'd like to come up? Thanks. God is with us. He is here. He's the self-existing one. He's the I am. Jesus, which points us to Yahweh, who is Yahweh himself, tells us that Yahweh saves. He is Savior. I am Savior. That's who Jesus is. And Jesus promised never to leave us. He would be with us always. I am with you. Just as we close this morning. Yeah, I I don't know everyone here. And maybe there's someone here who doesn't know Jesus. You don't know the name Jesus. You don't know the person Jesus. Well, I want to tell you this morning, God is here. And he wants to meet you. He wants to reveal himself to you. Just as God revealed himself to Moses, he's burning on the inside right now, calling your name. You just have to respond, here here I am. Here I am. And very shortly, we're going to sing a song. And if you haven't met Jesus before, I want to encourage you to respond in meeting Jesus this morning. But maybe, again, as Kate talked about this morning, just as we, we wrap this up, we're going to have a short time of ministry as we close. If you're like Moses, you've come to a situation, you can't see what's going on. You think about the past, what's gone before and what you've tried to do and what you can't do. And you're going, I I haven't got what it's take. 
I can't do this. Look at what I've done in the past. God doesn't look at that. God just says, I am with you. I am with you. That is his name and his promise. I am with you. Would you stand this morning? As we sing, if you just need to know that God is with you, if you can't see past those circumstances that you're facing, why don't you come forward and just stand before God and allow some of the ministry team to minister to you this morning. Let's sing together.